Hi, everybody. Um, welcome to episode six now of season two of Don't Be a Stranger, um, sponsored by WPHU Radio. I'm your host, Soph Corcoran, and I have a very special guest with me today, um, a newcomer in the Jefferson community, Shay Giuseppe. Is that how I say that? Gillespie. Right? Gillespie. Gillespie. <laughs> Shay Gillespie. I'm so sorry. Okay. That's my, like, Philly, like, <laughs> my, like, L's. Um, the new assistant director of community service. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, how are you doing? How's everything been today? Life's great. I got to walk down here for the first time. I haven't been to this side of campus, as Soph said. I'm about two months old in Jefferson time, so I'm just really excited to be here and see the rest of campus, and so far, so good. Yeah, what do you think uh, as of right now about Rave? <laughs> yeah, it's it's got some personality. I can see that, you know, it seems to be like the heart of this side of campus, and you know, I just had a quick walk down here, but I like the way it's set up. It seems like a really cool spot. Yeah, Raven Hub is cool. We have a lot of, like, our meetings and stuff down here. Um, very, like, casual, chill. It was really big during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Not that I was, like, here, but um, this is when nobody could go into the other dorms. This is where everybody came. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so nice little space for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what have, has been kind of some highlights of, you know, like, Jefferson so far? Yeah. I think it's been really interesting just being at a different institution type. So prior to this, I was at a larger school where I was like one of a few people doing community service. So being kind of the head of community service here and kind of getting to see where things have been sitting versus places we could go and kind of having the ownership to be able to um, talk to the students and make it really what they want it to be has been a really cool experience. Obviously, when old folks leave and new folks come in it can be sometimes a little bit of a culture shock or a bit of transition but so far the students I've been working with have been really open and just excited about some of the ideas that have been flowing awesome. so it's been really cool just to be at like a different size campus where it feels a lot more familial or a lot more close-knit than places I've been before which has been really really awesome yeah definitely so what was life like pre-Jefferson for you in previous institutions and stuff like that yeah so similar to Emily Quinn um, I spent some time at Westchester both as a student and then a professional for a couple years and then that was great um, I was doing similar things to what that I'm doing here overseeing volunteer programming um, different civic leadership programs events things like that and then I spent about a year in upstate New York in awesome. Albany um, not at it not at a specific institution, but with the SUNY system as a whole. Oh, sweet. So I actually worked with a initiative called SUNY's Got Your Back that kind of packed Jefferson's version, essentially, of blessings bags. But, oh, um, sweet. Kits for folks that were experiencing domestic violence, and we would go on to all of the different campuses and run these volunteer events That's and so awesome. educate them on healthy relationships and things like that. And they have 64 schools in their system wow. so that was quite the experience but covid kind of reared its ugly head and we didn't get to make it as far out as we'd like to which um kind of brought me back close to home i'm from the bucks county area originally and then this opportunity presented itself so yeah that's kind of my little journey yeah so what kind of events would you do up in uh, at suny so that's so cool that you would do stuff like that for domestic abuse like what other volunteer opportunities were you up to essentially it was kind of like a canned event that we would replicate on the different campuses yeah. so it would be a similar event in terms of like a bag making event where we would go and have all of these supplies that would go yeah. to all of these organizations and then we would drop them off at hospitals police precincts um women's centers things like that That's but incredible. it would essentially be like a bag making event with some statistics and presentations some activities around um again healthy relationships and things like that so we kind of replicated that um worked with our title nine offices to do stuff like that um we only got to get a few off again before COVID yeah. happened so then it just kind of turned into trying to get the bags out to our partners still um there'd be some days where I would just be stuffing bags for eight hours no, a day and yeah. shipping them out but you know it was really cool too to kind of um expand the impact beyond a singular campus and work more with nonprofits and stuff so yeah. it was an awesome experience oh that's so cool um I guess I'm from Westchester so what, where in Bucks County are you from I'm from the Warminster Southampton area originally right. yeah so you're pretty yeah. familiar with the area yeah. so what's been the biggest like what was the biggest difference from 
the people are, I'm a huge like people watcher and studier like I'm a psych major so obviously um the people in New York versus the people here in even student wise that's a cool question I feel like the pace is so different yeah I think when you think New York you think of New York City hustle and bustle, right? hustle yeah. and bustle where in Albany everything was almost moving at like half the pace wow and I'm used to being you know right outside right outside of Philly for most of my career and mm-hmm. things kind of turn around fairly quickly where yeah. things m- took a little bit more of a lackadaisical approach and that could have just been the folks that I worked with Mm -hmm. Um, but it seemed like things took their time which isn't necessarily a bad thing because that gives you space to ruminate on things and make intentional decisions but it was weird where I kept feeling go 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 but Mm -hmm. there wasn't that sense of rush there which was a nice change of pace especially post pandemic and all the stress that came with that it really just kind of felt like a respite from all of that yeah and then from being in this area and then, you know, taking a break and going up to New York, was there anything that you did around here, like, after, un- um, like, school and then, um, like, going to New York? Like, was there any specific volunteer opportunities that you continued doing in New York and then went back to while in the city and stuff like that? Not really. As, 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 as much as I'd love, you know, the time to be able to go and dedicate myself outside of connecting folks while in work mm-hmm. sometimes the service in itself is just being being that connecting point yeah and I think especially just during the time that um it was happening and things were still opening up and mm-hmm. direct service was a little bit more of you know some people were doing it some people weren't doing it um I think I was taking some time to just get my feet back on the ground 100%. both just like as a human being yeah. and like just taking a break from even taking a break from um, the field generally, I spent a couple months working outside of higher education, yeah. doing something completely different. Mm-hmm. So I think I also needed that that time away as to not burn myself out and yeah. you know continue centering myself in connecting others to the work because especially when there's so much going on in the world and the world is so scary it can be very easy to just nope out of things and Mm -hmm. I knew I needed to take that time for me to be able to recenter myself and be more intentional again and I think it worked because I'm here yeah no and that is such an important thing to feel and balance with yourself and know what you want and I feel like that's where a lot of people post-grad do get lost in so kudos to you for being able to catch yourself you know give yourself that time um and then in undergrad like what was that for you? I did some stalking. I do some stalking before right. and I saw you went to Westchester for both grad school and undergrad. Yeah. And I'm like literally from like up the street. I right. went to, um, I don't know if you know where like um, CPFA is, but it's like an art school. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's like right on that campus. I went there for a year. So I'm like kind of familiar with Westchester, but I wanted to know like what your experience was like there, what you were kind of involved in and then eventually lead into like, is that why you kind of wanted to work in higher education? Yeah. I majored in English because I was like an AP lit nerd in high school and loved the reading. Were you an AP writing. English and stuff? Yeah, yeah. I, I loved doing all that stuff. So. What was your favorite novel? Do you remember from high school? Because I, I remember mine. I was like a Frankenstein girly oh. or a Dorian Gray yeah Dorian Gray so good yeah Yeah. I was into that like gothic that I love Death of a Salesman that's my favorite play yeah Yeah. so I was really into that and I didn't necessarily know exactly what I wanted to do event at first I think I wanted to be a literary agent so the folks that like pitch novels to publishing agencies on behalf of authors and I was like that seems like a cool thing yeah it's a lot more cutthroat than I thought it was going to be which I was like I want the art of it so that kind of led me into discovering philosophy I became an English and philosophy double major but while I was you know doing the coursework I was kind of revolting away from who I was in high school where I wasn't very involved I worked a lot and I kind of wanted to like change that perception and flip it on its head so I joined the executive board of our LGBTQ organization I became a peer educator for LGBTQ services I became a writing tutor I was very plugged in all over campus Um, I think I leaned a little too heavy into first gen maybe chip on my shoulder got way too over involved burnt myself out had to take some time off you know like again giving yourself that time to rest and that rest that's super important um but because I had like made such a home for myself at at Westchester Mm -hmm. and knowing that they had a higher education program there were already some eyes on me being like hey you might be good for this and my academic advisor um introduced me to the program coordinator of the higher education policy and student affairs program and I just kind of fell right into that path because 
my options essentially were to keep going for my master's in English and philosophy and maybe mm-hmm. go the faculty route or do the student involvement stuff, which I already kind of naturally had a knack yeah. for. So that's kind of what landed me in that path. That's so awesome. Um, I guess like Westchester and this community kind of are the same essentially, right? Um, and then what have you noticed kind of like the queer community here versus the queer community at somewhere like Westchester where there's so much different Yeah, that is a good question and something that I wish I had more before I started being like, hey, like what's going on? You know, doing all of those types Mm -hmm. of things. Um, I think Westchester's just a bigger school, right? It's got 19,000 students. Yeah. So they had a whole center for trans and queer advocacy while I was there, you know, three or four different staff members that were dedicated to that population and a student, two different student clubs and organizations. Mm -hmm. And that was really important for me as a queer person going into college, having that community and having those opportunities that, allowed me to get like leadership skills and professional development skills mm-hmm. while you know developing my identity at the same time yeah. so I'd love to see more of those types of opportunities here I mean yeah. granted it's a smaller campus and you know you have to work with what you have but mm-hmm. um you know and again I don't know everything that exists right? yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah learning so I don't want to suppose that those opportunities aren't here mm-hmm. but um that's something I'm definitely like keeping my eyes on the ground and being like yeah if there's any support that I can give yeah um, I definitely want to be a part of it I know they want to do more with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Absolutely. I know that's definitely a plan that they want to do. Because I know, at least speaking for me, like, I came out second semester of mm-hmm. my freshman year. And it's like, I feel like a pretty, like, I don't I wouldn't even say, like, cautionary tale. But just, like, I don't know. What happened to me was pretty, like, predictable and pretty common. But I, you know, will say, like, and I wish we did have, like, more resources and more mm-hmm. people to talk to. Because my family wasn't necessarily, like, extremely happy about it. Right. And um, just, like, having to go off campus and, like, I love QSU. Like the the people that run QSU in Bloomington are like such good people. That's their main. It's like the elevator or something. Oh yeah, you should hear. We have the bathroom next door too. And yeah, see, oh like right gosh. on cue. It's the best yeah. place to record, huh? I know. We need to get soundproofing. But um, no, this like it's just there's so much potential and there's so many like like great queer people that go to this university that I feel like if we all band together like we could get something like super cool going and not to nerd out but (laughs) so in grad school that's where I thought I originally wanted to like make my functional area or the thing that essentially I like specialize in in student affairs I always relate it to like Grey's Anatomy where they're all surgeons but there's somebody who does bones and there's somebody that does you know uh, lungs and your heart and stuff like that so I fell into civic engagement which I can tell that story as well But before that, I thought my path was going to be uh, supporting queer and trans students on college campuses. And I actually, to your point of what you just shared, did my thesis on providing anonymous or accessible coming out resources to students who are navigating that process, especially on college campuses, because for a lot of folks, it's the first time they're out of their family home. Yeah. They're away. Change of environment. Change of environment. They're meeting other people that they might have community with that they didn't realize they're finding out vocabulary that they might not have used up until that point. And a lot of times when there are visible resources on campus, it's a wonderful thing. And it's great for the folks that have already stepped into those places in their identity. Yeah. But for folks that perhaps, you know, don't want to walk into that space and like out of fear of being associated Mm -hmm. or they're just not ready for that step in their identity development yet Mm -hmm. what are we providing especially to the gen z population who loves being online no yeah how are we providing resources to students who need the support but aren't necessarily going to go to a qsu meeting yeah you know what i mean yeah and i think that's so incredible and that's so important because like my uh my roommate came out as non-binary in the beginning of sophomore year and their biggest issue they have is not knowing enough non-binary people mm-hmm. so like having like just like campus like mixers you know having Absolutely. like and not like singling any specific sexuality or orientation out and just having like a mixer where people can come and like like i will say like I have felt lost in my being a lesbian because I don't know a lot of other lesbians. Yeah. And it's like, and it kind of, I feel like dims that shine. I don't know if you've seen the show, the other two on no, HBO. No, tell yeah. Me about it. So it's, um, it's a show about this, like, 
like, I don't know if you know Maddie B, like, the little rapper. He was, like, this, like, oh, little I young think so, kid. Yeah. So it's, like, about basically a kid like that and his two older siblings. And his older brother, Carrie, is gay. And someone comes and hits on Carrie. And, um, and he's, like, why haven't you hit on me before? And the guy goes, well, I didn't know you were gay. And the guy goes, oh, Carrie goes, thank you. And the guy is, like, obviously super turned off by this. And I just feel like – and, like, he isn't surrounded by a lot of other queer people. And I just feel like you do kind of get lost in translation a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard because there's no right way to do it. Exactly. Too. So even if you see somebody else like performing their gender identity or performing like their sexuality in one way and that doesn't feel salient to you, that doesn't deny you that label, right? Yeah. It's it's also complicated. Yeah. But... And then you have to like wait till you're like 21 to like go to a bar and stuff and then meet other queer people there. Yeah. And just the fact that those meeting spaces are alcohol driven, right? Yeah. Like for folks that don't partake in that. 100%. Like where does community live and how do we make it? So that is yeah. cer- certainly something that that, um, you know, I'm glad that at least the organization exists, but there always can be more to do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think like since like the merger, there's still so much Jefferson is ready to do and willing yeah. to do. And I just think in a post COVID society, it's a little more difficult to now have the, well, I guess now it's like free game, but mm-hmm. like running this radio station, like we would love to, like we have um, a battle of bands, which by the time this comes out, will be over. It's okay. the 21st, <laughs> obviously. Uh, Shay actually brought the posters for them. Um, this is actually the, the spooky themed episode. I didn't even, Ooh. I should have said the beginning of it, but um, the special song theme is, is LGBTQIA um, for the History Month. So Amazing. Yeah. we'd like like to kind of you know bring up where we can, but we want to like we want QSU to get involved, and you know to, it was National Coming Out Day and then Lesbian Day, and it's like we kind of want to keep posting and just have more people learn and share and stuff like that. Absolutely, you're doing yeah. the work that needs to be done. So I hope kudos so. To you. I appreciate it. Um, so civic engagement, what did that look like for you? Yeah, so I really fell into it. Um, So when I was applying for graduate assistantships in graduate school, I got connected to our Center for Civic Engagement and Social Impact. They had already had a graduate assistant in the um, LGBTQ services at that time. And it's kind of like it's a two year program. So someone's in a two year position and you're coming in midway through somebody else's like that position isn't going to open unless you time it right. Right. So that was my first choice, but then I was still searching for an assistantship and they had gotten funding for the Center for Civic Engagement and it was actually a a graduate assistantship for alternative breaks. And I was like, what is that? Yeah. Because I'm like, alternative music, I'm down, what's going on? (laughs) But essentially it's a program and Jefferson has it as well that sends college students on service trips over university break periods. So it could be uh, fall break, summer break, spring break predominantly, um, and each trip it has a different fo- focus of social concern that is at its roots. So, that's for example, terrible. Jefferson does a Habitat for Humanity trip, so that's on housing and security. I advised a trip that went to Pittsburgh for two years in a row that mm-hmm. focused on LGBTQ populations, sexual health, and housing and security. Wow. So I loved that experience. Yeah. Um, so that was essentially my job is uh, running that alternative break program. We had about six domestic and two international trips. I fell in love with the work. Yeah. Um, And then through that that opportunity, I was learning more about like voting access and literacy programs and food pantries um, just by being in that office that that offered all of those things. And then I was lucky enough that due to some transition that was happening in the office around the time I graduated, I was able to ascend into that assistant director position, which oversaw alternative breaks, but also an America Reads program, civic leadership programs, um, campus-wide events like MLK, Day of Service, things like that. So in that role, I was really able to expand and, you know, learn on my feet and go beyond just the alternative breaks, which still has a special place in my heart because it's where I started. Yeah. But um, I was really able to take that advocacy work that I love doing Mm -hmm. when working with queer and trans students and just make it a more broad approach essentially that's so incredible and you probably face so many opportunities and so many different people did you have any like favorite type of events or projects that you were involved in or internationally like where did you guys go that's so cool I never planned right absolutely yeah Yeah, I never went on the international trips but one went to Guatemala to serve in school schools where um special education um was needed needed support in so all we had a special education major at Westchester it was full that trip was full of the folks that majored in that and Mm -hmm. they were able to kind of help and um come in and provide what they were teaching in their classrooms to folks that weren't necessarily like 
on the on the as developed curve or they didn't have the resources essentially to um, implement some of those like support systems, yeah, which was sure. super great. And then one was for public health in Uganda. So it was a lot of so cool. pre-med students helping out at pop-up clinics in Uganda. So that was really awesome. How special of a thing to contribute I to. I loved it. I, yeah. I really fell in love with the work. And I obviously loved the Pittsburgh trip because we were able to go um, and serve at um, sex clinics that were specifically serving folks that were impacted by HIV AIDS and the LGBTQ community. We made safer sex kits. We served in a um, housing unit for folks that were temporarily unhoused that were specifically LGBTQ. So we had so many students come out on that trip That's or so like find incredible. community in that trip. So that certainly was like one of my favorite things. Yeah. And then, you know, we had campus wide events where we had things like volunteer fairs where, you know, over a hundred organizations would come to campus and you got to network that way. People found internships that way. So being able to just like serve as that connecting point was always what was most meaningful to me. So yeah, it was, it was a cool space to be in. No, that sounds like so awesome to just like, not only just be involved, but to help plan and to help create, Mm -hmm. you know, that is just like, there's nothing better than to help people. And I feel like that's where we kind of get lost as a society it is and i think people i think people think that it has to be like a selfless thing or that it has to be something that doesn't necessarily have um an interest in you specifically but i always advise people like civic engagement is performed in a million different ways yeah and the fact that you could be drawn more toward one issue and less another issue doesn't mean you care less or you're a bad person Yeah, because you care so much about one thing or the advocacy around a certain group Mm -hmm. or one issue specifically that means that another person that isn't as drawn to that is drawn to the opposite thing that you're not yeah so it's really about finding what's going to drive your car without gas in it right yeah and that's what i tell people is that it should be mutually beneficial you should be doing something that makes you feel good that you feel as though you're learning from because that is what's going to keep you accountable for showing up and being an active citizen because we can't be selfless beings like yeah. we all have our things that you know exhaust us and we can't care about everything all the time because mm-hmm. if the world's a dark place no. sometimes oh, yeah so it's really just about identifying what it is that drives your car for you yeah. and going far in that direction that was so well said and i think that's so important is to not make sure that you don't ride your car with no gas that's mm-hmm. so important um yeah i'm sorry that just had me speechless that was very that was really really well said yeah so um i guess that the civic engagement and the community service kind of go hand in hand which is what your position here is yep. um is there anything that you would want to carry over from that civic engagement here into your current position yeah absolutely i mean i think with jefferson like at jefferson there's so much room that anything that i've done before or anything that i've had a hand in before is possible here it's yeah. just finding the students that you know, express that they want those types of things. They want that level of representation. They want leadership programs that allow them to do X, Y, and Z. So I'm really taking this time to kind of just be a sponge and take in like what students want. Cause there's no use in me doing what I think is best for students. If students aren't really telling me the opportunities that they'd Mm -hmm. love to see. So I'm really just trying to be open and like take everything in so that when I have a little bit more knowledge around how to make certain things happen, Mm -hmm that I can make those things happen. But for me, it's really just trying to invite in as many people as possible, Mm -hmm. being a resource for as many people as possible. My door is always open. I'm in Canbar 301. Um, Everybody go visit. Everyone go visit me. I have some spooky decorations up right now. But yeah, it's really just learning right now and being like, how, how do things work and how, what are some traditions that folks really value and how can I try to keep portions of them, but also make them more intentional. So that's really what I'm doing right now is, trying to learn what's doable and then really hit the ground running, whether it be next semester or next year, just with a better toolkit that I have right now. Whatever we as students can do to help you out too. Like I know that there's so many innovative, like this is kind of silly, but I went to a spin class last night here on campus. And um, it's one of my friends from uh, who's in cab runs it. And I just sat there the whole time while she was killing it, Mm -hmm. running the spin class. And I was like, there are so many intelligent people at this university and if we work together you know we can really do something incredible and civic engagement i think can be a very scary word because they're like oh you mean like voting or oh this the jury duty like these things that i don't necessarily like love doing and Mm -hmm. are maybe questionably like effective depending on how you grew up and you know all that kind of stuff 
but civic engagement is both individual and collective action. So it's about first, like I said before, knowing yourself, figuring out what drives your car. Yeah. And then that group action is finding community of other people who want to be in that car with you yeah. and making change that way. Cause you can do your best to pick up every piece of litter on the side of the road, but mm -hmm. unless you have a group doing it and then it becomes like a societal expectation that this is not what we do. Yeah. You need to be able to work with other people in order to make that collective action drive. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm teaching my serve class right now, no. but that's essentially what we talk about, right? Yeah. Is just social change and how it happens. Um, if you're looking for a class next semester, <laughs> serve 101, I teach them. Thank you. But um, <laughs> shout out to your shout out yeah. to shout out to my class. But but that's really what we talk about is just like how does social change happen? Yeah. And that's why I love working with college students because if you look at historically like who is really good at organizing and who has driven a lot of elements of social change it's been college students 20 something exactly yeah. mm -hmm. so that's y'all are the most creative and effective population mm -hmm. so that's where it's like you folks have a lot more power than you think you do you just yeah. have to organize a little bit yeah and I've, I've noticed some weakness in a little bit of especially in such like a post-covid society because i think we all kind of develop this sense of empathy fatigue for yes. one another. And I like, I know I sign up for like ASPCA and like Planned Parenthood, like, mm -hmm. and they call me and they're like, when are you going to come in and help escort? And it's like, I want to do all of this, but it's like, and I'm so willing to help. But then it's like, I look at my schedule and it's like, when am I going to do it between like, four and five on Sundays before I go for my other job to my other right, job. Right. But then it's like, you see people who have that free time and just aren't really willing to jump yet because they're just like, well, I kind of have to, you know, I don't know. I need to worry about myself. Right. For a little bit. Or they don't have the proper orientation as to like what it is or the or education. What it do, yeah. yeah. Or what it could do for you. But mm -hmm. that compassion fatigue is certainly a thing. And that's what, you know, I've mentioned this before in the episode, but that taking that time and that respite, like it doesn't make you bad. It makes, no, it, make, yeah. it makes you aware of yourself and your limits yeah. and knowing that you'd rather show up with a full cylinder than mm -hmm able you know firing at half capacity yeah so it's really about knowing yourself and mm -hmm. figuring out you know what, what's, you what is capable what's doable for you yeah. like not everyone wants to like you know spend time outside doing landscaping because it's heroin because it's heroin yeah. but for some people that's that's their jam yeah. some people would rather be inside helping mm -hmm. file things or packing food boxes yeah. so it, again it's really like chasing that thing that speaks to you yeah. and not trying to be everywhere at once yeah and like I I am someone who I feel like I never cover any of my bases I'm just kind of like I never want to half-ass anything right. but I feel like a lot of the stuff that I put effort into it comes off as that just because I'm trying to balance so much stuff at the same time so I couldn't imagine somebody who has all of that going on and then wants to pick up to do exactly help out with that community service and then I think that's just prioritizing and not even compassion fatigue. And this is, you know, a larger discussion too, but also the currency that you need to volunteer is time and who yeah. has it, yeah. especially folks that are struggling financially, which who isn't at this moment in life, right? Yeah. Um, folks that might be supporting a family, folks that might not have access to transportation. Like we mm -hmm. don't, I never want to guilt somebody yeah. into doing their civic duty, quote unquote, mm -hmm. yeah. when, you know, they have to manage their own life. Yeah. And that's something where, you know, the federal work study program is a, is a great way. Mm -hmm. And that, but like providing those opportunities through, again, the federal work study is paid, essentially paid volunteerism. Yeah. I've had people being like, you're paying people to volunteer. I'm like, I'm paying people yeah. that want to be involved, yeah. but also need to live. Yeah, right. 100%. So it's about trying to find opportunities to involve the voices who these issues are affecting and not playing into a savior complex or anything like that. Yeah. So it's really just about how do we make things as accessible as possible and we can't be perfect all the time, yeah. but trying to be as intentional to include as many voices in the planning so that we're never leaving anybody out in the first place. And that accessibility is another thing that's so important because for those people that have 90 billion kajillion things going on, mm -hmm. having just like a little event on campus mm -hmm. where you can kind of help out or you know mm -hmm. do the blessing bags and stuff like that like that sometimes not sometimes a lot of times like that makes someone's day knowing that they're helping somebody right and just you know giving back absolutely yeah I think it's great and I think this is such a good community that just loves to help like somebody's always doing some kind of fundraiser or somebody's right. always advocating for mental health or mm -hmm. LGBTQ rights and stuff like that um and by the time this comes out, it'll be a week away um, from the last election before 
um, the next presidential election. Is yeah. there anything that you guys are planning in OSC for that? So from what I understand, there is a group of faculty that mostly run um, voting engagement. And this is coming from someone new to the university. So if someone needs to correct me. Yeah, sorry you, if I'm just like asking yeah, you all yeah, these questions. Yeah. Me, yeah. Um, so from what I understand, you know, we, we provide opportunities for information for folks to, you know, check their polling place, register how to vote. But I, from what I understand, most of the messaging comes from the faculty side of things. That is something that I have been involved in before. I will say trying to uh, engage people during the 2020 election virtually during COVID times was quite the time. Like things were changing day to day. Mm -hmm. Places were changing day to day. And I'm a little like, whew, that was a lot, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's certainly being involved and, you know, doing your research, trying to find um, all partisan information sites to be able to inform yourself yeah you know it is for for me it's just like if you didn't vote you know your opinion you can't really do much with that's your opinion that's 100%. how you speak with your opinion that's yeah. how that's how you talk um yeah. with what you with what you think but otherwise it's it's really you know a really good way to show that you care about how, where yeah. your community is headed yeah, everybody vote that's yeah. the point here everybody yeah. go out and vote this especially in local November elections because that's going to impact you more directly um yes. or more quickly than perhaps things on the national scale might yeah i'm i'm really excited i love every time we have some kind of election it feels so good to you know ha- have a voice and oh, have yeah. that opinion that's why i think it is so important to like voice that and share that yeah. And we all, who doesn't love a sticker? Seriously, I, I wear mine every single day. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have mine from last year. We're actually going to start talking about fun stuff. Not that any of that wasn't <laughs> fun. Um, so I, um, we went, Rin and I, who run, we were on the radio station together. We went to go see Cody yesterday about the Battle of the Bands. And I was told him that I was interviewing you. And he was like, this should totally be your Halloween episode. Shade loves anything horror. Yeah. And um, he was like, you need to ask her about that. So what is, do you like, for literature and i know you said you write or or wanted to you know dabble in that film and everything like that yeah i mean i've always just grown up watching horror movies i was um you know exposed to them at a young age which you can question whether that was a cool thing or not but i think i'm a cool enough adult so i think it worked (laughs) out well for me um it was just always something that you know, if something was on in the background, like, you know, somebody's dad always has, like, ancient aliens on in the background. Mm, yeah. Ours was, like, Underworld or, <laughs> or, like, something, or, like, Resident Evil or something yeah. like that. So it was always just something that I was super interested in and, you know, kind of, like, grew up watching more movies, watching more movies. Obviously, I was reading a lot, um, reading the gothic literature and Dracula, Frankenstein, Dorian Gray, like things with horrific elements into it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's always, and for me, like too, if you watch a lot of like horror documentaries, if you nerd out like me, essentially horror has always been a place for like the other in society. And it talks about what society is afraid of, like through the monsters and its movies. So it's been a home for a lot of folks, especially like queer and trans folks feeling like not necessarily welcomed in their community or feeling like they're being ostracized they're you know if you look at movies and like when they came out that in certain decades it tells you like what we were afraid of and why and how it reflects both national and local fears so that's always just been something that I've nerded out about um and I stick more to movies these days just because sometimes picking up a book and reading can be hard you you would think that after being an English major like you must read all the time it's like trust I like read so much that now it's like a book but I've been trying to get back into that um Mm -hmm. but yeah I just keep up with a lot of like horror news horror releases yeah I'm super into it what's coming out I mean I just saw Saw X which how was that I I saw so much stuff about that I loved it but for me it's like everyone's like they're still making those there's 10 of those Mm -hmm. but if you think about you know like just the wacky philosophies that are in there and you know everything beyond like the guts and gore and like it does feel good if you think about it in a sense right i I keep calling john kramer pop pop kramer because it's just (laughs) like especially this new one that comes out it gives him a lot of backstory and granted like it's not for everybody especially if you don't like um, twisted gore and all that kind yeah. of stuff. That, that, and that's not my what I would necessarily recommend somebody to start on. Mm-hmm. But my whole thing is that there's horror movies for everybody. There's horror comedies. There's yeah. you know things like Jennifer's Body. That's like for the my ladies. Favorite of course, movie. It's my favorite movie. It's my favorite movie. My roommates have never seen it. And every time I try to put it on, it's like, well, 
we don't really like scary. I'm like, it's not scary. It's, it's, that yeah. movie changed lives. No, oh my God, yeah, it changed mine. Oh I can gosh. say that. It's, yeah. No, it's incredible. Or like, if you would love Ginger Snaps too, that's an early Yeah, I need to watch, okay, I gotta watch that's that. That's an early 2000s one, um, Canadian, but it's very much in my notes. the vein of Jennifer's body where, yeah, that whole thing of just like, like puberty is scary. Like that movie's all about puberty. Yeah. That movie's all about like coming of age. Hell is a teenage and girl. Lo- yeah, hell is yeah. a teenage girl. Like losing your best friend. That mm-hmm. that especially like when you're coming out, that weird intimacy yeah. that can sometimes occur when you're like trying to navigate. Just like there's movies like that where it's like, oh, like this one's like this is the best. This is awesome. So that's where it's like I love again being that connecting point where it's yeah. like you say you hate horror, but I promise you, you don't. Yeah, you're just looking in the wrong place for it. Yeah, no, that is so cool. What do you think has been the best one that you've seen in the last year? Ooh, that's that's interesting. Um, I mean, I think what Ty West has been doing with Pearl and X so is good, really right? interesting. It's yeah. just different, especially with all the homages that he's doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we're in Remake City, so I mean, some of them have been successful, some yeah. of them have flopped. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I loved seeing Jamie Clayton in the new Hellraiser, for example. I haven't seen anything. So about that. that one's really yeah. cool because she's from She's from the the new L word, the one that or Generation Q. Literally, how did you know that I'm? I literally just finished season three last night. She's um, who Shane's dating? Shut up! Don't no, seriously, she's the I best. I can't know that she, I, she's I, insensate. I just she yeah. I just last night watched um when Shane left Carmen at the altar oh. last night. Any spoilers? How are you okay today? I, that I don't know. Poor Shane. I actually cut, I actually, what's so embarrassing is I showed my hairdresser a picture of Shane when I cut my hair. <gasps> and I'm like, I must be going through something. It's a canon event though. Yeah, no, like, it's sh- like sad. <laughs> it's it so sad. I know. I just want to be Shane. I don't know if it's just like, I'm, like I think Shane's super hot or I want to be Shane. No, it's, it's like, both. It's, right? it's both. I yeah. mean, I think, and that's the thing, again, that lack of representation, everyone yeah. flocks to like one show or like some pieces of media and I think she just you know and like she makes she makes the show her her own and she makes it herself yeah. and she is unashamedly herself yeah. so I think that kind of even if it's not emulating the haircut or emulating the style it's yeah. just like that's wanting swagger to be that, yeah, yeah. That swagger just wanting to be that confident yeah you know yeah I I like I had like sat in therapy like three weeks ago and my therapist was like now, what do you think that everybody likes about Shane? And I was like, I don't know. Like, you can't <laughs> ask me that. I'm like, I'm paying you money to not tell me to be Shane. Like, don't. Don't feed into my behavior. But that's super cool. I got to watch Gen Q. I got to finish. I started it. It's a little disappointing. A long t- yeah. I'll, I'll say, I'll say, like, don't get your hopes. At least for me. Everyone can have their own opinions. <laughs> at least for me. Like, I'm glad they were at least, like, remedied some really, like, bad mistakes and representation that they did in the original yeah with max and everything yes exactly like i'm happy that it exists for that reason but it's it's just drama 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 for yeah you know probably for shane so of course of course yeah um she's evil but yeah so i i love movies like that Mm -hmm. um i know um not dinner no please please i know in the i watched um skinamarink that i've been wanting to watch yeah that was i don't know it was experimental right definitely was something for sure yeah Yeah. it was really just like like it would be like five minutes of a corner and then it would be like the little phone guy and it'd be the corner again and and it's just like if i'm like checking my phone like the whole movie it's like okay yeah Yeah. perhaps not um i'm also a big scream nerd so the fact that they keep rolling out with those i love the one that came out with Jack Wade yes. from the boys. Yes. That was a really, really good one. Yeah, that was really good. And then six just came out last year, and I think they're already rolling forward with seven. Um, so so that should be interesting. So I love that kind of stuff. But again, I love things like X and Pearl where it's like just super weird. There's another one, Saint Maud, that I just watched that's like super heady and strange. There's, uh, yeah, there, there's just a ton. I enjoy everything. So, yeah. I mean, I want to watch Skin Marine because maybe I'll be like, okay, maybe I don't. Yeah. But as long as something's not exploitative or exploitative safe, because there yeah. are those genres that I'm, you know, not in love with. Yeah. But, um. I used to be into, like, not, like, into it. My brother was always really into, like, those, like, like, August Underground and those, like, yeah. Sallow. And it's yeah, just, no, like, no. I just don't, like, don't I don't. need that. It's just, like, it's all, like, abusive towards women, towards men, towards any no. yeah. orientation. And that's, and that's how horror is, primarily. No. And that's what people, I think people think it is. Yeah. But it's not. It's, it's really just a really interesting way to 
like express fears that you have or almost like be scared in a safe place which yeah. is why I think especially over the pan over the pandemic it was huge because mm-hmm. people wanted to process their fears yeah. in a safe way there's a movie on Shutter, I think called Host that was it's a group of people that perform a seance over a zoom call and it's like filmed during the pandemic and it was released while people were still in lockdown and it's incredible because it's like a 56 minute movie you know it's just these friends on a zoom call that (laughs) want to make community and they're like let's just do a seance and of course things go awry right of course but um again it's always just like super responsive to what people are terrified of and i think we still haven't seen like Mm -hmm. the impacts of covid in that space yet at all like i think we're gonna see in the next few years like lockdown movies and Mm -hmm. contagion movies and things like that so i'm just i feel like we're just at kind of like skimming the water right now yeah Yeah. i think people are just trying to be creative as to like what that could look like yeah um and then in i'm I'm sure you've had some great halloween costumes (laughs) right for sure sure what are your you think top three and then what are you going to be this year you think so funny funny we just talked about jennifer's body me and my best friend are going as colin and jennifer no way yeah so i'm gonna be all like emoed out and it's gonna be great <laughs> last year we went as um billy and Stu from scream oh so that's cute. that was really fun yeah um one of my favorites that i love talking about was when i was younger like i was like four or five mm. obviously i did not choose this my parents dressed me up as the energizer bunny so Aww. i was in like a bunny costume Aww. and i had like this little like drum that yeah. i could like you know like the battery but my uncle who made the drum spelled energizer wrong so i was the energizer bunny um <laughs> so there's just like a picture of me in like the sunglasses in like a bunny Aww. costume with being like the energizer bunny i'm like i guess you you know protected yourself against copyright yes yeah but i i think that one has like some fun personality to it so i like saying that one what Aww. about you i have had some misses for sure um last year um i was stan and kyle with my best friend and uh, i was kyle of course <laughs> this year um i'm kind of i was gonna do i have the jennifer's body the zip up i got off no, the, oh, the heart one yeah yes. I ha- so i have that so i'm thinking i might do that but i'm really into like um riot girl right now and okay. like bikini kill and stuff so i was thinking of doing like a punk thing cool yeah but i don't know yet i think i was rick grimes one year that's awesome yeah that was a pretty that was a pretty good costume and then well, have I had any other? Well, I used to. My cousin and I were always Monster High dolls. Okay, like that was like the main costume. Cool. Yeah, we were always. I was like, I was David Dobrik, like my That's sophomore hilarious. year. Like it was just stupid little stuff. But I haven't had like like a good costume probably in the last like since my Monster High doll days okay. ended. Yeah, I like, yeah. I think like Kyle has probably been right. my like go to. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know we talked about the L word. Are you watching any other shows right now? That's a good question. Am I? Well, I'll say I want to watch. Mike Flanagan just came out with Fall of the House of Usher, and I love everything that he's done. He's done, He did Haunting of Hill House. He did Haunting of Blind Manor. Yeah, he I did Midnight Mass. Yeah. So, of course, horror adjacent. I'm, I'm, I'm always watching. I'm also a really big Survivor fan. There's... Shut. My, my <laughs> other roommate is being Jeff Probst for Halloween. That is hilarious. Yeah. Come on in, guys. No, I love Survivor. I think that was my pandemic project was there's 45 seasons. And I like just and I watched it as a kid. But of course, I took some time away because they come up with two seasons a year. That stuff. They turn that around really fast. So Survivor is just a big comfort show for me. So I'm really bad at starting shows with the plot. Also, because shows get canceled after a season. Yeah. So I I, like fall in love with the show and then it's like, okay, it's done after two. So what's the point of investing in it? Like Mm -hmm. unless you're Grey's Anatomy, which I also like. But it's it's hard for me to trust that a show is going to go yeah, on, no. which is why I do like the Flanagan stuff where it's like self-contained or like American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. It's like self-contained to one season. But um, Survivor is just always something that I have on. Do you have a favorite season? Oh, my gosh. I mean, obviously anything with the Returners. So, like... Yeah, um, who's your favorite? Heroes vs. Villains. Okay. Such a good season. Oh, oh my, my God. Like, Heroes vs. Villains Coach is, really is evil. Well, that and I just love that, like, Courtney's dogging him the entire yeah, time. Courtney seriously. Yates is an icon. I love her. Yeah. Um. So, that's iconic. Anything with Suri in it is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. She's killing out on Big Brother right now. I saw that. Yeah. Um, See, anything 40 and after, I feel like because they shorten the game, they're doing all these, like, advantage get-ins, and it's less what I find comfort in. Mm -hmm. So Winners at War was obviously iconic because you have, like, Parvati and Tyson. I love Tyson, too. I love Parvati, too. She's evil. Not even, though. She's just, like... But, yeah, especially, like, the seasons that she's in, she knows exactly what she's doing. I love Parvati. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I love Suri. Yeah. Like, Courtney, just for comedic value, Mm -hmm. is so good. I like Ozzy. Everybody hates Ozzy, but I really like Ozzy. I mean, he's just a champ. Yeah, he kills it. He's on one of those lists of, like, best to never win because of just, like, pure dominance. Yeah. Um, Like, he's great. Like, characters. I I love characters, too. So, like, Coach is great. Russell. Yeah. Um, now like that now he's horrible yeah. we're watching the one with his cousin right now in coach oh, Brandon. Yeah. yeah it's not crazy about him no, either yeah he's, he's creepy he is wild yeah did he throw the rice in the fire yet no <laughs> we actually my roommates and i we haven't had any time to watch survivor like we used to just like play Fortnite and then watch mm-hmm. survivor but now we've kind of gotten too busy for our Fortnite survivor but tonight we're going to before okay, the good. phillies game good. yeah i love i love survivor it's like a party trick of mine that i if you tell me the name of the season i can tell you who the winner is that's crazy yeah hmm. so like like it's yeah, let <laughs> Again, me think off the top of my head this is like a pandemic project yeah. that that i connected myself to so i i watch when i say i watch nothing of value it's i watch things that are comforting and so i'm like as nerdy about survivor as i am about horror those are like my pillars so. would you say survivor is your favorite show what do you think your favorite shows are i know i know i'm trying to i i love asking i'm like such a favorite oriented person like a lot of people aren't i feel bad interviewing like because i'll be like well what's your favorite this and what's your favorite that not a lot of people have but i'm like crazy so i have like my list of like my top five favorite no, things it's literally funny though because it's you know it, you know it and you think about it all the time until the second somebody asks you and then yeah. everything like flies out of your head yeah. so i'm just like what have i watched ever like <laughs> what is tv no seriously what do what do i enjoy yeah um like what are my hobbies like what, what do i like what, to what, do who am i yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i definitely think i mean like anything again anything flanagan does so like haunting hills i, I really really like yeah. um and i don't watch just scary stuff like i promise i'm like a normal human being i'm that's just the stuff i i, I certainly mm-hmm. certainly lean to i do like gray's i'm not like a repeat on gray's anatomy like watch it all the time but yeah. at this point there's like the, what 39 seasons i was like i just need to stick it through to the end yeah so might as well I, right like, yeah like, I, I might as well at that point um I, I loved F is for Family and, like, Big Mouth. I love that and show. Stuff. So, like, that is kind Nobody's of, Nobody's, like, like, seen that, too. Oh, no. That's F is one of my favorite Filbert, shows. That, that's great. Yeah. That's a really good, like, I need a brain break. Yeah. So, like, Big Laura Mouth Dern and F is, is for so Family. Those are, I turn yeah. those on. Um, but, yeah, otherwise, I'm trying to th- – I can't even think of, think of the last show I watched, like, from start to finish. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, watching movies all the time, too. So I feel like you have to, yeah. like, switch your brain on and off as to, like, what you're preparing for, all that kind of stuff. I love shows about stupid people. Like, my favorite show of all time is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, like, my like my favorite. Uh, the Mac and Dennis slow burn. I'm, like, really there for that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like, um, like, Workaholics. Oh, and, sure. Like, I watched my, in high school, I watched The League. It's a seven-season show about fantasy football. I've wow. never played fantasy football, but I watched all seven seasons of it because Nicole was in it. But right. I just, like... And I really like, I think one of my favorite shows is I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Everyone's been talking about that You one should watch. That yeah. is, like, he is so crazy. Right. Yeah, he is such a uh, goofball. But um, do you have a favorite movie? I know you just briefly said you spend more okay, time I do watching. have a list for this one. Yeah. So I'm pulling up the notes app. Um, I bet you could guess mine. That's how basic mine is. Well, I mean, you, you reacted very strongly to Jennifer's body. So Yeah, close. Right? Close. Like A24 different body. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, geez. Hold on. I'm going to... Yeah, same, same area. I'm trying... A24 very much like Jennifer's body... I'm thinking of bodies, 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 but that's only because it's in- Lady Bird. Oh, Lady Bird. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking horror. That's why yeah. I was like, wait no, a no, second. No, no, no. That, yeah. that makes sense. Did you see Talk to Me? Yes. How was that? I love Talk on my to li- Me. Yeah, I'm going to write that down because I need to watch I that. I love Talk to Me. Um, I think it's a really cool Possession movie. I think Possession movies got played out in the Insidiouses and the Conjurings. Yeah. And I think James Wan is great. He, <sighs> he made Saw. I love Saw. And like I, I think he is really good at doing what he does, but yeah. I think- he cornered the market for possession horror for a while, and now it's they're trying to bring it back with like the Exorcist remake and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know that it's speaking to it as well. Yeah, but I think that Talk to Me was really creative because it implemented that whole like social idea. It's like it's something that you film. It's yeah. something that involves like spectators. It's a communal thing, and it's not just like this isolated incident yeah. that a lot of possession movies are mm-hmm. about. Yeah, so it's to that 
that was really good. Yeah, and I gotta watch that. I think it's Australian too, and I was it was made wow. by YouTubers, which I'm like, heck good yeah. For them. And so was Skinamarink. He was yes. a YouTuber too. I think yes. that's so that that pipeline is crazy. It is, and I think the Backrooms is is going to come yeah, out. Yeah, I think so also too. A YouTuber. I'm excited for the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. That everyone's really <laughs> excited about. That. I don't have enough context. Is that a video game? Like, that's, yeah, no, okay, it was from why. when I was in like sixth grade. I remember watching like Markiplier play it at like ten years old. Yeah, not like I'm into that now, but right. I think for the nostalgia, I never feed into nostalgia. I think it's a way for people to make money. But I, I think the Five Nights at Freddy, I, I would feed into that a little bit. Okay, yeah. So I always say to my favorite not scary movies, 500 Days of Summer, just because. Love that movie. I think it's so realistic. Mm-hmm. I think people need to wa- should watch it when they, you know, have that expectations versus reality. It's a really yeah. good reset movie. And of course, David, uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt and Zoe Deschanel yeah. are just so, like a. Even Matthew Gray Googler. Yes, I always forget yeah. he's in that. Um, yeah, so funny, but mm-hmm. also just like so real. Heartbreaking. Um, yeah. In terms of scary movies, I in terms of like whenever people ask me, I always vacillate between Ginger Snaps, The Lost Boys, Scream, Jennifer's Body, Poltergeist, and not The Ruins. It's up there, but like it, it's, but I think it corners of interesting like eco horror space that not, isn't really explored yeah. a lot, which I think again is a cool subgenre of it for sure. Um, but yeah, there there's there's a ton. I love giving recommendations. So yeah. if you if anyone tells me. Like, what you tend to like, I can try to point you in the right direction. Yeah, I, like, do you think film is, like, one of your biggest interests? Yeah. Outside of, like, yeah. Yeah, outside of of all of this. I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just something that, it's both passive and immersive. Like, it's something that you can do, but it can take you somewhere else. I think, I think it's a little escapist, which I think is, like, a good thing, but it's a a healthy thing to, to indulge in escape, escape wise, um. But yeah, like, I don't know, it just kind of chose me and that's that's what I like nerd, nerd out the most about, which seems so um, like antithetical to service and yeah. <laughs> volunteering. They're like, I thought this person would be, you know, so wholesome and here I am talking about blood guts and all that kind of stuff. But like I said, I think I think it has a lot of doors that it opens in terms of conversation of like, what are people afraid of? And everyone's afraid of something and everyone yeah. it ha- feels anxiety and everybody... Um, you know, walks through life kind of not feeling safe about one thing or the other. And yeah. I think horror is just a really cool space to explore that Absolutely. in a safe way and be less yeah. scared of what's out there because it's not always monsters, you know? I don't know. No, that is that was so well said. And I, I that's such an important thing because you're right. It is – you separate people from their interests. And I feel like so many people try to just umbrella term people oh, yeah. and just kind of, you know, take their interests and then make it their whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's – I don't know. That's such a good thing to hear. So we are, unfortunately, at the end of our time. It was so great talking to you today. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I do have one more question for you. I like to ask it to all my guests. If you had the attention of the world for five minutes, what would you say? I get that reaction every single time, and it never gets old. It's funny because I tried to do my homework, but I didn't make it to the last five minutes of the episode. (laughs) So this is punishment for me. Do your homework. No, that's that's, that's not what I would say. Listen and don't be a stranger, guys. I would say, I mean, I think thematically, I would say, you know, give yourself rest and forgive yourself. Because essentially, you know, we're all just out here being humans for the first time. We're all doing our best. We're all navigating what we can. So really just try to give yourself grace, but also know that you are the only person holding yourself accountable most of the time. So you essentially can get anywhere you want to go if um, you say so. Not to say that, you know, there aren't limitations and all of those types of things, but um, no one gets to where they need to be immediately for a reason. So just enjoy that journey and uh, give yourself a break. Thank you. Awesome. Cool. Shay, thank you so much for coming and chatting with me and walking over to Raven Hillside. And Happy to. Don't be a stranger. Yeah. Thank you.